Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And what's up? Welcome in GC Live Tuesday episode of the show. He is Chris Clark. I am Wes Mitchell. Great show lined up for you here today. We are brought to you, as always, by our good friend, Clint Hammond of the Mortgage Network, clinthammond.com. You see it right there on the video screen if you are one of our lucky watchers and listeners who joins us live every single day around 2 o'clock. Obviously, Tuesday, we're a little bit later, 2.30 show, because you have the Shane Beamer press conference going on. And uh, that will be one of the main topics of our uh, conversation here today. And, of course, going to be joined momentarily. I see him down there uh, getting in line there, Langston Moore. And uh, we're going to bring him in here in just a second. Um, Langston, a a friend of the show, all-around good dude, former Gamecock, former NFLer. He's an author. He is uh, the co-founder of Athletes and Artists. And this is, by the way, Teacher Appreciation Week at – the South Carolina football game this week. So Langston's going to talk about that a little bit. There we go. There he is. It is Langston Moore. Um, uh, I wanted for everybody to – I saw y'all Y'all got a little NIL deal with the carry-on joiner, man. Very, very good stuff there, promoting the book. And, uh, dude, we, we've got a ton of stuff to get to today, a ton of stuff to talk to. We want to talk some ball with you. We want to talk, of course, uh, about the book. We want to talk about Teacher Appreciation Day. Um, first of all, how are you, man? How's it going? What's what's been going on with you, man? Everything's great. Uh, so, you know, still recovering from that uh, epic night that y'all y'all had the the privilege of getting us ready for the season with everything with Patrick Davis and all that stuff. But uh, yeah, just been finishing up the the production of our third book. Houston was a rooster. I'll make sure we send y'all some of the the great stuff Kev has been doing for us, and uh, of course, finishing up uh, the song and the production and, and trying to line everything up with these Nashville stars. I thought football guys were kind of. Uh, you know, prima donnas and all that stuff, but man, getting all these country guys lined up and with the help of Mike and ha- Michael Haney, who helped us write this song for to coincide with the book that we're going to be releasing here soon. Uh, it's been really fun. So, we've been working on that deal, getting studio time together. Hopefully, we fingers crossed and get uh, some of that Gamecock studio time over there at the uh, at the new facility or whatever. That would be really cool. And then, uh, just finishing up a whole bunch of other like uh, digital things, the other little components, and of course, trying to support the teachers uh, amongst doing all the other things we do, school visits, virtual, in-person, all of those other things. So it's been really exciting, of course, to, uh, you know, kind of kick off Teacher Appreciation Week, uh, because if anybody kind of, you know, deserves a a, a round of applause, all teachers do all the time, because we know we put so much on them with society, but especially after the last couple years, you know, if anybody needed some recognition, it's those teachers for sure, because so much virtual, in-person uh it's just been crazy so it's been fun it's been fun man we staying busy definitely man and uh of course we appreciate you making the time busy man as you just said you got a lot going on man let's let's start with the teachers though because you're you're right you know um everybody listening everybody watching everybody you come in contact with has been touched by a a teacher in some way at some point in their life uh my uh my mom is a teacher this is actually her last year teaching she's about to retire so shout out to my mom um She's been teaching almost 40 years, so uh, shout to her. But uh, a, a ton of my friends are teachers as well in the Columbia area, so shout out to them. Um, and, and Langston, you get to uh, go out to uh, schools all over the state of South Carolina, um, You know, talk to kids, talk to teachers all the time. So I know this, uh, this week is special to you as well. Um, t- tell us a little bit about what is going on with the game. I, I pulled it up. Um, I, I believe this is going to be a teacher appreciation day where um, – Maybe there's some special things for teachers who are going to the game this Saturday. South Carolina Vanderbilt homecoming matchup, of course, four o'clock, Williams Bryce Stadium. Yeah, they're going to uh, definitely try to you know do their best to uh, honor the teachers of the years from the different districts and different things, and that's through the athletics department. Of course, Preston works in the uh, Department of Education over there. Who you know they're they're that's the football training facility for the teachers and all the educators over there who you know go off and who are on the front lines. And you're right on, you're spot on when you're talking about. You know, anything 
any of us ever wanted to do, we all, you know, found that way through an educator or a teacher or a coach somewhere, some way, specifically with athletics. And this is why it's always a great time for us specifically to kind of make that parallel because, like you said, my mom was a teacher. Uh, some of the best coaches I ever had, you know, bar none, football, whatever, were teachers and educators. And those folks are always the ones that, you know, make sure that, you know, they connect with us and, and make sure they, you know, none of the kids would be on the roster right now if it wasn't for some type of teacher or somebody that really connected with them. So to honor them and connect with them, I know they're going to be uh, doing some different things where they get some tickets and some gift bags and, uh, you know, beyond beyond all the other things that's going on. It's just really a kind of an appreciation for us. And I always, you know, appreciate what we can do. But, you know, with us, we always want to push the boundaries. And that's why Preston and I are really happy to kind of take on some of the things. And, you know, beyond just this day, you know, when we go into the schools and see these teachers and, and connect with them, you know, a lot of the things we say when we have our Arthur visits in school, schools bring us in there, contract us to come up in there and speak and do different things. Um, you know, we, we always say we're, 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 not, we're not doing anything different. We're just we're just kind of the muscle behind the message and kind of being the real uh, tangible example of what happens when you kind of really connect with an educator or somebody and they get these ideas into you. You know, I, I never forget Miss Keenum, my, my science teachers, all the I mean, there's so many Miss Tolliver. We always tell the story when we're in school because kids are like, what'd you like when you were in school? You know, I was like, man, I was, you know, pretty much the same things I like now. Like, you know, football, sports, the, you know, we read about those things now. And I always, you know, shout out to Miss Tolliver, my third grade teacher. She let us dissect pigs, piglets when we were in. <laughs> and that's why I always love science. And just, I mean, you know, it wasn't going to grow up to, to heal nobody's ankle or anything. But again, all of this is in the backs of education. That's one of the, the main things we always talk about, you know, being really proud of our state, really being really proud of the educational system, because there are a lot of great th resources there. We just got to extract them no different than our football resources. Uh, so for a lot of us, we always say, you know, for football and anything physical, that's going to end for us. And as you guys can attest to that with your own lives, being well read, well spoken. Uh, and be well written, it can take you a lot further. And so that's why that's our big message to get out there and tell people to go pro in books. And of course, we use our own story and backdrops and guys like to carry on Jordan who graduated early and all these great things to kind of carry that message. Because again, we all know we should read. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know we should read. But like, you know, having those examples and those literary successes, we all got plenty of successes of, you know, your dad will tell you those stories about his whole high school, uh, you know, football stories. They may be true or they may be not. It all depends. It's always funny. But we always want to get into conversations about books and literacy and different things, you know, uh, you know, telling your favorite stories when you were a kid. And, you know, a lot of a lot of things we usually find out is that, you know, we grew up liking these things and can make a living out of it. And that's been really fun for us. Langston, take I want to kind of detour onto the NIL thing for just a second and maybe a couple quick things on it. Number one, obviously, the com the kind of commercial that we just saw, as you pointed out, you worked with to carry on Joiner, current Gamecock receiver on that. Give us a peek behind the curtain of kind of like how that came together, how you chose to carry on. Are you going to work with any athletes in the future? And then I've got a, a follow up for you just with some NIL thoughts once you once you give us that answer. For sure. Uh, to carry on, it was easy for us. He's a low country guy and he's a low country legend like. You know, we wish we could have been him growing up, man. You know, he obviously did phenomenal things with Fort Dorchester. I beat Fort Dorchester enough at James Island. I feel confident enough saying those things. I don't know if Somerville and Preston, you can ask him those things when he gets on later this week. Uh, because, again, I know for sure they took some L's. Uh, Fort Dorchester gave him, gave him, gave Somerville plenty. But, you know, it was great to have the carry on because, I mean, just beyond him being a phenomenal athlete i mean that's kind of the furthest thing from our mind the biggest thing for us is that who he is as a person being around him of course you know our old teammates been at swagger those guys were some coaches down there coach laprad obviously some real ties tied in just a great mentor for us for a lot of just different avenues and different things obviously he has been <laughs> the bell cow for dorchester and, and coach laprad for you know producing talent and producing you know just not just collegiate guys but putting you know nfl guys into the to the deal so it's it's been a really exciting to to be a part of that the carry on of course graduated early came in with so many different things but like just the the whole deal is that you know all the great things and the leadership qualities that he exudes you know he'll go off and whatever happens with football will be fine that'll take care of himself but he'll come back and this is kind of the message we try to echo to a lot of the guys who are thinking about coming to carolina or when we get a chance to speak with the guys is that you know that's forever 2d this was something that was told to us but you know what's the whole deal uh, if you give us four years we give us your life and that's kind of our whole deal so any way we can support him financially with the nils and making it real realistically but also for us to kind of go through the paces of like business so 
you know, uh, Press and I built some companies and done some different things and built a whole bunch of different things. So to go through that with the carry on, because, you know, I wanted to be a, a dollar more school graduate, but, you know, I couldn't pass accounting. I failed it, <laughs> tried it three, five, six, seven different times, maybe because because that was theory. Thank goodness I found a home in the HRSM department. They loved me. And it was, again, similar to business and a whole lot of sway. It was perfect for me. But when I started getting out to the real world, I can be I can probably be an accountant myself because I started dealing with real money. And so, again, making that association, different things we try to connect with to carry on going through contracts. So, again, he can be uh, an autonomous business. He can go out there and do these things separate from football and really don't have to put all his eggs into one basket because we all know these things, how, you know, football is really a ticket, a bridge for a lot of us, you know, coming out of wherever. And a lot of the times we always say because of football, we are first generation to go to school, first generation to have maybe a consistent living situation, first generation to have, you know, not have to worry about X, Y, Z. And that's the thing about the emphasis and why it's so important with college football. Yeah, there's a lot given, but there's still a lot of opportunity. So we really wanted to equip him and educate him. And that was a, a no brain for us. We plan on working with some other guys who have uh, teaching backgrounds and different things where they really want to emphasize that because, you know, just like Eric Kimry comes to mind, all these great guys who have the thread of football going through their lives, but they're ultimately going to end up being great teachers, being great leaders, being great family guys. And that's how they're really going to make their impact. Not being, you know, that NFL star or whatever. That's just, again, we always say the acronym for NFL is not for long. So even if you're good and you get there, you ain't going to be there long. And that's always everybody's testimony. Yeah. And I think that's, what's kind of fascinating about what you guys are doing because you have this educational component, which is so much of what you impressed in and, and, Kev, we'll give Kev some credit, right? He he illustrates some of the books. We can give him some credit. Definitely not the muscle like you were Preston. Um, he is a gym attendant. <laughs> no, no muscle, though, on Kev. But um, y'all are kind of like looping in the NIL stuff, the business acumen, like trying to teach that through that, I think is fascinating because something that like Wes and I hear a lot from people just in our interactions, critics of the NIL stuff is like, well, the kids are getting a free education already. You know, and I think there's so many counters to that. I see positive in it because exactly one of the points you made, you're introducing these guys at a younger age, whether they end up going pro or not, to dealing with money, dealing with contracts, business. So is that in your mind, do you kind of agree that that's one of the benefits maybe to NIL? And what do you think about the whole thing about free education versus you know, being able to do what everybody else can and at any point in their life and cash in on their name, image, likeness? Uh, well, that first misnomer is definitely that, is that free ain't never free. You always got to exchange something. And so in the case of football, like I always said, I mean, it's not like, you know, a majority of these guys who are playing football are coming in and just putting a burden on the on the engineering department. Are they coming in and putting a burden on the on the nursing and medical department? Like most of the time, these guys are really doing for they're doing what they're told most of the time. You know, a lot of them come in with dreams of wanting to be X, Y, Z, but then they see the workload. And that's the other thing we always say is like the workload, no matter what sport you play, but specifically football and, and all the demands and how much that grows and how much football carries the number one thing for all universities, which is making money and growing. And we know the correlations between popularity is like, the work that a football player puts in is on par with somebody who's going to medical school or somebody who's trying to go uh, through law school and, and do all these different things. But there's a physical component can tie to that. You know, if you get ready to do the GMAT and do all that stuff, you ain't physically going out there banging on Ryan Brewer and hopefully, you know, you got your pride and all those different things tied into that. And then, you know, feeling good to go out there and, and perform uh, athletic, uh, academically within the classroom. Cause again, a lot of these guys who come in want to do, I mean, they're just as competitive in everything there else. Don't ever think academics is something that they don't want to be competitive. And a lot of times they just feel they have to make a choice with that. And we're trying to show them they don't have to, uh, because there's plenty of examples of that, but you know, that's always the misnomer about the free education deal, because again, the kids, and I think, and we're talking about business and value propositions and different things, but like the value in an exchange that a player can give, a la the carry on joiner or any one of these kids um is is exponentially more so than you know the the yearly education and again it goes on years after that because lo and behold we're still selling you know the ryan brewer story every 10 years or 15 years and again you know he's still perpetually you know paying into the brand that is carolina and again we love it that's what it is but it's just a new time new dynamic and if we know better we can do better and this was you know obviously something that is different from the 60s, 70s, and 80s and different things. Um, and I think it does provide a platform for us to really, if we want to, and again, it comes down to the idea of control and really trying to empower the players. And it just goes back to programs where, like, 
teams that are really comfortable and programs and institutions that are really comfortable about uh, growing the people inside of there, whether let's just take football out of there. Let's think about, you know, the, the most successful tech companies or real estate companies or any of these things. You know, they're figuring out ways to grow these people and figure out ways for those people to challenge them from the inside out. And eventually those people go off and splinter and start different companies and different things. Well, for football, a lot of times we don't want the kids to get too smart. You know, they're going to be powerful. We know that for sure because we spend hundreds of millions on weight rooms and different things like that. But independently thinking and having these kids maybe saying, I don't know if I just want to take a general studies class. I want to really do this architecture thing, or I just really want to be, you know, I want to be Sam Goddard and come back and eventually be a doctor uh, because a lot, I mean, there's, there's those, there's those opportunities, but a lot of guys quell those dreams and they forget about all those different things. So that's why we always named our first book, just a chicken. Cause nobody's just anything. Um, you know, you're not just ever a defensive tackle. You're a run stopper. You're a pass rusher. So don't limit your life when it comes to those other things with education. But back to your question about NIL, I think it's just a great opportunity for guys, again, to make money, uh, to do certain things. But just like with any of the rules and, you know, some rules, some folks are going to figure out the ways to learn all the intricacies ins and out and how to use those things to adapt them to their own, to help themselves, give themselves an advantage. And there's going to be those who feel like it's just too overwhelming. Let's stick with the status quo. And most of the time, those folks are either playing catch up or left behind. So, you know, I, I feel good that we've done a lot of stuff at the university level to try to educate and put things in place. But, you know, there's always more we can do. And I always go back to this idea of being creative. You know, let's not just see it as a, you know, A plus B equals C deal where, you know, they pay the players and we can't do this. And again, no, let's think about all the different creative ways that we can market and show the differentiators because we do have so many Fortune 500 businesses and companies in South Carolina that are Gamecock alumni that are have ties to the businesses and different things in Carolina. Let's use that as a differentiator to separate ourselves from the Alabama because it ain't going to be the national championships. It ain't going to be the Nick Saban. It ain't going to be the history of those different things. But we can start a new narrative if we want to get creative and use these rules. Because, again, there's, there's not going to go anywhere. So, if anything, it's going to speed up. And Because, again, the players are getting more and more cognizant of brands and all those different things like that. And, Langston, uh, maybe for people who are, are listening and maybe they've thought about the NIL thing and they're uh, they're interested, maybe they own a business. What, what, what has the experience been like for you uh, just like literally doing it? You know, like I think I, I've talked to some business owners that um, are intrigued, but they don't even quite know what it all even means yet. You know, we, we were actually involved uh, when I texted, we were involved with a, a deal with Jaheim Bell. He was on uh, with us yesterday yes. and it, it was fantastic. It was awesome. He sat down. We, we just had a conversation with him, which obviously, you know, m- most of the time when you're talking to a student athlete, it's a press conference setting. It's kind of, uh, you know, there's a sense of, well, are these guys trying to get me to say something I shouldn't? And it's it's just a very different vibe. This was this was very cool for us to be involved in and just be able to sit down and have a conversation that um, was through an NIL deal with um, with Firehouse that they put together. So uh, what was it like for, for you and Preston and Kev just going through the process of setting it up? On our side – just kind of getting involved with it it was it was very uh pretty straightforward yeah it's relatively easy and again if you're already coming from the business world you know again just be creative that's what the other thing i'd say don't think this is a magic bullet and this is the same thing we tell the players as well just because you know it's there's an opportunity for you to go out there and make money on the free market just don't think you got just value because you wear number 17 whoever wears number 17 on the team i'm sorry but if you just wear number 17 you just can't just say i got the jersey i wear number 17 that's me What's up? Give me a whole bunch of money. Nah, what is it? What is what is the story you want to craft? I mean, again, the whole deal with us with the carry on, there's a lot of uh, authenticity, a lot of things that are really easy for us to tell the story. And again, we already supported him and, and, and love to follow him since. I mean, before he probably even was following us just because of, you know, he just kind of epitomized all the stuff of him being a low country guy. So it's very easy for us. The university has some things in place so we can check, have the checks and balances. A lot of the players individually have. Uh, some things in place and again i think not i don't know if everybody's done a good a job as we have but collectively we're on the forefront chance miller um uh coach tanner uh athletic director tanner those guys were always very adamant about trying to make sure they come in here and we give guys the right information because you know that's the worst thing you want to do is say it's just like a football play you know, the worst thing you can do is is have bad information floating around that you know it's going to be this or it's on two or whatever and that just messes it up so um really if you're a business person and you want to try to connect Think of just, again, about, you know, instead of just trying to get the most popular kid out there and just paying them a whole bunch of money before, because, again, we know how that's going to turn around. I mean, you you, you might be able to get a whomever 
but it turns around and it's not a right fit or, you know, the kid doesn't, you know, it's not very ongoing personally, but maybe it might be, you had to figure out the way to craft the story. I don't know. Uh, but there is a lot of opportunity and it still goes back to just business, making sure that you're making good sound decisions. And, but as far as the communication and logistics, setting it up, it's been a great opportunity and very easy for us to do it, um, through the carry on and through the athletics department. Very easy for sure. All right, so uh, Langston, tell us a little bit more about this third book. Like, uh, tell the people that are listening, when is it coming out? Where are they going to be able to get it? What's kind of the, give us a little hint about some of the themes and things like that that they're going to see in it. For sure. Uh, our third book is going to be called Eusta Was a Rooster. Uh, and again, that's kind of an old, kind of an old trope used to hear uh, from, from folks in the rural area and different things. You know, Eusta Was a Rooster, they don't crow no more. And that's basically just this, you know, just says that, you know, what you want to used to do, you probably don't do. And this is kind of the life cycle of everybody, uh, specifically football guys. But again, we put it in the context of, you know, from our first book, from just a chicken and cocky and big spur and different things. And our second book with just a chicken little tying in different things with the Gamecock curse and uh, different uh, chickens and, and Gamecock legends and different things and all the little nuance with that. So this one, we kind of brought it home with all of the beginning, middle and end. Of a, of a whole story and basically our guy cocky has had some success uh i want you to imagine maybe the steve spurrier years when we had a whole bunch of 11 wins and i mean it felt really good but you know not saying there's complacency but again you know you you, you go into the off season maybe not as hungry and uh you, you don't put as much as you used to put into it and and a lot of times you know people dwindle down with that and you know hit kind of rock bottom before they get that last inspiration but for us it's just about you know going back and being kind of the old guys in our own lives to, to give back a whole bunch of information, a uh, bunch of game, bunch of knowledge. And this is real easy that for us to understand when it comes to football, because we do these things called scout scouting reports. And, you know, we talk really open, but just in life general, just, you know, things about how you feel about yourself. And that's been kind of the overarching theme. And a lot of our books is about self image and identity, not being just a chicken, you're a game cock. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're a game cock or not, but how you see yourself is really important and how you talk to yourself doesn't matter if you're young or old you know these things carry on all the way to towards the end of this journey however that journey is so uh our main guy cocky is uh is excited he's been having a whole bunch of uh, fun uh hanging out with the uh the garcias of the world and having a whole bunch of success and maybe he uh starts to realize there's some chinks in his armor and you know he can't do what he used to do he can't bounce back like he used to he can't uh have those long nights and go out and perform like he used to and then uh our old guy used to comes down and kind of just gives them a new perspective, a new way to look at things as all good teachers and coaches do. Uh, and again, they kind of, uh, you know, not to give the story away, but you know, they see themselves and they're, they're kind of past on, on the life's journey. And <laughs> it is funny. We end up being older before uh, a lot. Uh, and we're, we're usually older a lot longer than we are younger. So we always tell guys, you know, you can kind of take this as a story that, you know, do as much as you can when you're young, have fun, but, eventually you're going to be put out the pasture and, you know, be have a, a certain, but that doesn't mean that's the end of you. So it's been really exciting for us. You know, it'd be appropriate for your mom, Wes. So, you know, she's, she's done so many great things in education, 40 plus years, God bless her. And, but, uh, you know, she's not going to be able to open up the schools on the first day and we don't need her to do that. She used to do that, but now we can have her serve in a different capacity and still get a whole bunch of stuff. So a lot of cool stuff for us, a lot of life lessons, man. We always have a phenomenal time just creating. And of course, Kev did the pictures and, we're really excited, Preston and I, because this was the first book that we actually rhymed uh, all the way through. You know, we usually always try to do some different things uh, with our books, but this one, we wanted to try to do some traditional rhyming, and uh, it was a challenge for us, and it was fun. It was fun to come up with the finished product. We can't wait to share it. Uh, we plan on having the book here shortly. Uh, it's crazy, just, you know, they talk about world shortages and the, what was it, the, uh, the, 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 the channels being blocked with shipping containers and everything, but printing and, and and price of ink and everything has been really crazy to say the least amongst with other things like toilet paper and everything but uh you know every time we try to lock in a price we get close to uh doing it and, and you know things get changed and it's volatile but long story short we should have copies in hand uh by bare minimum hopefully thanksgiving fingers crossed but definitely for the holiday season and we'll have digital versions and different things too so we can't wait to share it and uh obviously everybody watching listening right now um be on the lookout for uh, you know on Twitter on GamecockCentral.com as well. We're gonna we're gonna give you all the information when it comes out, how you can get it, how you can buy it. Um, 
you know, and uh, we'll, we'll keep all of you updated. But, and we'll uh, have it on our website, athletesandartists.net, where all of our stuff is. And, of course, have some cool links and downloads for y'all. We always love to run some specials to get everybody's content shown and, you know, our stuff for sure. Definitely, man. Definitely. Uh, Langston, let, let's talk a little football for a second, if that's cool, man. Um, yeah, I, I want to get into the season. But, uh, first of all, I, I always ask guys because I'm always curious. Uh, def- former defensive lineman, games on TV, right? Are you watching the football or are you watching the defensive line on any given play? Oh, wow. Yeah, I've, I've kind of got that. Uh, the, uh, maybe that's like the they call it like a thousand yard stare or something like that. Or like kind of like a parent stare where like you might seem like you're not paying attention, but you're kind of seeing everything at one time. So I'm, I'm focusing on the t- trenches in the ball, but like I can see things you know just because i've watched some thousands of hours of tape and you know i can kind of see uh maybe because i'm focusing on the d tackle and seeing how much they're penetrating or not getting penetration i still can feel like that linebacker out of place on the screen and it's crazy and then it's like when they reverse it it's like oh yeah you kind of do know what you're talking about a little bit so yeah it's kind of that weird in between but i'm focusing on the trenches for sure okay but but so you're you're processing you're kind of directly looking at at the defensive line but you're still processing other aspects kind of based on what you're seeing on the defensive line, basically. Right. Right. So I guess that's equivalent to like what quarterbacks see, right. When they see certain things, they know they can trust that over here it's this and that. And so I think in my weird defensive line way, I've, I've in a crazy way seen it the other way because I've been on the defensive side so many years and just, I mean, looking at splits and depths of guys on offensive line. I mean, Matt Miller told me this years ago and it's, I mean, Again, Matt Millen, you can say whatever you want about a GM, but he was 100% true about this. He's like, man, by the time you get so good at seeing all the, the nuance and little stuff with football, you're going to be too old to even catch nobody in the game, and the game's going to be over for you, so you're either going to be an announcer or you're going to be a coach. But it all comes to a point for us at some point. It's just can you match up the physical with how you see the game and all those things marry up so you can play fast. But a lot of times, you know, you only get maybe a short time to do those things. And I maybe got half half a season to do that for myself. But I can see the game really clearly and tell you what's coming all the time. Maybe not Tony Romo-esque, but I'm up there. I'm, I'm pretty good with it. So so by the time you figure it all out, you're uh, you're like used to used to the rooster and you're, you just you're, <laughs> That's you're right. a little bit. And I'm just sitting at the top with some. Yeah, exactly. Just trying to tell, warn somebody. No, Jordan. No, Jordan, don't do that, Jordan. But, you know, Jordan is Birch. Is, I'm saying Jordan Birch like he's listening to me. But, you know, this is me through my TV screen yelling at him. Hopefully he hears me. But, you know, again, I'm just too old and I'm an old guy who doesn't really – nobody needs to listen to it anymore, right? So, so sticking with the D-line perspective, I wanted to get your take on this. Zach Pickens, right, coming into this year, former five-star guy from my alma mater, T.L. Hanna. And someone yep. that I think Gamecock has been looking forward to taking a step for quite a while. And a lot of people you talk to, Preston, not you, me, or others, kind of say that Zach Pickens is a guy that's got like high-level potential NFL talent. But it's kind of what you mentioned. The athletic tools maybe haven't matched up with the knowledge of the game, the, the execution, the technique so far. To my eye, looks like he's gotten a lot better in the technique department and playing a lot better this year. What have you seen out of Zach, and what do you think his potential is long term? Yeah, Zach is obviously physically he's a specimen. I mean, if I had one thing I would say to Zach, and if I see him, I'd say the same thing: is man, just don't eat, just don't eat yourself because he can physically carry that and have mm-hmm. fifteen. He's probably weighing fifteen to twenty-five more, uh, twenty to twenty-five more pounds than he was when he is at T.O. Hanna running, doing all these athletic things, just don't get too far removed from that. You know, bigger doesn't always mean better. Um, so part of, cause, part of his game was the strength, the size, the stature, but some of the quickness, so don't lose that. But outside of that, he's definitely getting better with technique. I think definitely just, you know, playing along the line, having some more familiarity, going through the rigors of SEC season, all those different things has, has helped him. He's had a whole bunch of different coaches, so trying to figure out the technique that works for him. It seems like this year he's – putting it all together. I mean, just watching him rush some of these times, just, he's rushing smarter. A lot of times you you go the wrong way or you're, you're fighting into uh, the slide protection the wrong way and don't know how to split the gap. Uh, I think he made a couple plays the other day where they shifted the line to, to block down on him from the – if he's playing on the other side of the of the center, he's the one technique they try to – and he crossed the face. And that's what you're taught to do on higher-level NFL stuff. That's, that's the stuff they look for when guys start just getting – 
you know, understanding all the nuance, but um, I always would love to see him just be a little bit more felt because that is part of the game and that's what they love to see. That's why we're going crazy for number 99 from Georgia. He's a huge human being, uh, but he's going sideline to sideline with the 350 frame. And I mean, I play with guys like Sean Rogers, a bunch of just freaks. And I mean that, I don't mean that with a pejorative as a pejorative is just, man, just God bless them. They just know how to run like deers and, you know, have big old guts and butts, but can split double. T- I mean, just do all type of crazy stuff. So Zach is in the mold of that. Um, but just get hungrier and hungrier as far as making the plays. You know, sometimes, again, that's that's kind of the deal when you had a whole bunch of different coaches and changes. You're still trying to, like, fill yourself up. You can't get kind of loose and and and, 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 and wet like how you used to and fluid like you used to when you were in high school. Uh, and the sooner I think he gets some some familiarity and comfortability, we'll start to see more and more of the dominance. We see it in spurts now, uh, but I think we can definitely – we need more playmakers. We can never have enough. You know, we talked about the D-line being the strength of this team this year. We need guys like that, like Zach and Jabari, to continue to just push each other and, and develop, develop all that stuff and get that kind of nasty attitude for them. And I, and I see him. He's on his way. And, uh, again, but a guy like Zach, it can't never have him fast enough because as soon as he gets uh, gets it kind of figured out, he's going to be out of here. He's going to be going to the league, right? So we we always lose out on that last kind of kind of year. Let's uh, Let's zoom out just a little bit. South Carolina three and three right now, six games in, exactly at the halfway point. Um, g- give us Langston, may- maybe just a couple of observations on the season so far. Uh, you you can take that uh, whatever direction you want to go with it, man. <laughs> All right, uh, three and three is, I mean, it's solid. Um, you know, first year guy, you're still in the opportunity to probably go out there and win. Hopefully, fingers crossed, you beat this team this weekend, Vanderbilt. Um, and that gives you four, and you're on your way to possibly getting the two. That's why the Kentucky game was so big in this Tennessee game. Regardless of what they've been doing offensively, uh, you wanted to give yourself a shot. Uh, Kentucky, definitely a very, very winnable game. And, you know, I was one of the guys at the beginning of the season that was, you know, just kept beating the drum that, you know, that's the benefit of being kind of young and dumb. You start off with the record and, 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 and the folks that we have, if you're a four and two or possibly five and one, you beat the, the tendencies of the world and lose to Georgia. Let's be realist about that. Okay, we're five and one. You know, the young guys start really buying in. You keep hearing this buy-in word all the time, uh, culture, all those different things, especially when you get new coaches, but like how they do things. Um, so you really get the kids paying attention to everything you're saying as a coach, as a teacher, because the proof is in the pudding. Um, you know, no different than an educator that says, man, if you you just read a little bit every day or you come to me before class and we work on these, you know, problems, whatever, and they see the results in the, in the test, you know, it might not be the best grade in the class, but they, the kid understands that, you know, all this stuff wasn't done in vain and I'm starting to see the results. And that's the thing. I mean, they, they, they've done a whole lot, uh, the coach Beamer and the staff and the players. I mean, um, I think about back to my own you know, freshman year, 0-11 with Lou Holtz. I mean, I thought we were going to win the national championship. The only reason we shouldn't win the national We got John Abraham. We got all these different things. Man, oh, man, we got – we can at least win, you know, nine games, ten games, and not to win one was really frustrating and not to see the fruits of all the arduous stuff, all the details, all the little things that Lou was putting us through. It kind of paid off for itself a year later. Thank goodness we held on to that wanting to kind of get that feeling kind of satisfied by by doing the things that we were told to do and not splintering off but i think for us um it just goes back to laying our hat on defense you know i love the turnovers all those things but ultimately you know turnovers can dry up quickly like a like a three-point shooter you can be steph curry the first half and then you know the the rim just gets really tight and those things happen too we saw that with the kentucky game we got fortunate with a whole bunch of turnovers uh, but then again, towards the end, we just needed more knocking back tackles than any of the turnovers or any of that stuff downfield. They were just continuing to run the football for us. So that's, I think, is the next progression for us defensively is to just get more of those kind of, you know, knocking back, control the line of scrimmage type of deals. We we were doing solid when it comes to getting teams in third downs and different things. Obviously, last week that wasn't good. But preceding and the weeks before that, we we're really good on third down. Um, still waiting for J.J. to kind of have his dominant game and do some different things. But Ultimately, defensively, we're doing good. Special teams, you know, it's solid. We're, we've, you know, obviously scored. We've set up some things, blocked some punts. Um, we just have to understand that this is a weapon for us, and it's going to be probably for the next few years till we get the kind of the offense and some certain, th- certain things we want to get doing. Um, you know, definitely disappointed offensively with the run game and all those different things. But, again, it's it's a different system. It's a different move over. But that still doesn't mean that we have to complicate this. Let's just get hats on hats and get guys downfield, but also understanding – 
you know, if you want to put a guy in there that's going to be more of a of a lateral threat, let's let's go with the twenty one kid. If it's going to be a you know get downhill really quick, let's let's go ahead and put Kevin Harris in there, and then you know figure out who has the hot hand. I mean, I just think about the you know the Baltimore Ravens last night, uh, Monday Night Football, just how they try to even though they have a whole bunch of backs gone. They utilize the backs. You think about the Cowboys, you know, so we can do some different things, even though we're in the era of the spread offense. I think that we can get more creative with our uses of backs and different things and get people in some personnel stuff. But, you know, definitely the offense, I think, Phil is trying to fill itself out. And rightfully so. We lost Luke at the beginning of the year, all these different things. And the, the hunger and the want to is there. But sometimes it's always just about just trying to figure out what you do really well, those four or five things from there. Even if the other side of the ball really knows those things are coming, just coming and execute. But that's been kind of scary because, you know, we've seen miss blocks here, miss blocks there. And we know, especially with the how fragile a team can be on one side of the football, you don't want to put your team in a position where you get to have folks just pinning their ears back and getting up at you and, and you do something bad and that just shoot, shoots you and shuts you down offensively and, I think about the call last week that was, you know, there was a plenty more football to be played, but a lot of uh, it took a while for those guys to start feeling the the momentum shift back the other way. I don't know if it ever shifted, but they competed all the way towards the end for sure. We got a, a question for you here uh, from Justin on YouTube. Langston, okay. he just wants to know, um, what have you thought of South Carolina's defensive scheme uh, in particular so far? Clayton White, obviously first year defensive coordinator. Um any thoughts on, on the scheme just from what we've seen through six games? I thought it was solid. I, I kind of, you know, figured it would be a blend of the hybrid stuff, um, you know, just different things I read about Clayton and obviously some trying to figure out the personnel that we had and what we can run. Um, you know, I think they've done a good job of mixing in some zone stuff. Uh, you know, <laughs> I don't like when you try to change it up and put J.J. and Igbari in coverage like, you know, if anybody's going to rush every every damn down, it's going to be JJ. I don't know. He might not be rushing from the edge. We might not know where he's rushing from, but he we can we can play him around, use him as like mm-hmm. what they call a spinner in the NFL, where he's kind of just like a roaming guy and he chooses the line the lane to kind of hit. But um, I think for the most part, they're doing a good job of you know they've done a good job of adjusting, and I, I think that's some of the things that's been kind of frustrating. Where defensively, I, I you know a couple weeks ago or maybe it was last week. Uh, you know, first half, these guys were playing too far off the ball. They got the message, made so kind of not as a team, adjusting maybe a quarter or a quarter too late. And, you know, we have we don't have the consistency. And so that's been probably the frustrating thing when you look at it from a totally whole holistic picture of offense and defense. But I think they've done a good job of, of Clayton and, and all of those guys and you know, if there's one big knock I want to say about anything about the defense is just the, you know, the celebrating the little things. Like you just got to, you know, the guys are so young. You got to, I, I know there's a fine balance of trying to like uh, get the enthusiasm going, get guys excited, but then don't be dumb and, 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 you know, completely wipe away all the good stuff you just did with just, you know, a taunting penalty. And some of that stuff has been ticky tacky, but these are the things you got to really emphasize as a coach, you know, like, no, nah, you, we're not good enough to do those things yet. So when you get to be an all American and you get to be, you know, and you got all A's in your class, then you can start doing those things. But until then, now nah, you just got to come back to the huddle and, and do all that stuff with your teammates and all that stuff. So there's something there. And that's, again, that's first year teaching stuff. And it'll be amazing to see how this stuff doesn't show itself. Hopefully next year, uh, you know, with the, with these guys having a year underneath their belt with these guys. Langston, dude, we appreciate the time, man. Great stuff. As always, um, any final couple thoughts on uh, uh, really anything we talked about? Any uh, any final words on uh, the the teacher appreciation week as well? I know we obviously we got Preston by the way coming on. You guys, Preston Thor yeah. will be on later this week, so he'll uh, he'll be sharing some some information and some stories as well. Absolutely, no, just uh, teachers. We appreciate you. Uh, we thank you all for letting us uh, some some two big old guys bring our book into your school and letting us kind of perform for you and showing you that it's not just a book that we're not coming in there to talk about football stories or anything. If anything, we're talking about, you know, how we took everything we learned with football and, and took it to our next play, as we like to say, and made this play the best thing for us with these skills of reading, writing, and speaking. So it's fun. I'm excited to be a Gamecock. Always love it. And, uh, you know, no better place to, you know, to do these things in our home state. We get invited to work everywhere across the country, but we really love going across country, uh, sideline to sideline, up, down, left, right, all across our great state of South Carolina. So, it's been fun to be that kind of ambassador. Awesome, man. Hey, I, I appreciate you as always. Uh, I told you this privately, but I want to say it in front of everybody else again. We appreciate you being a part of the kickoff party as well, man. That was uh, 
honestly one of my favorite nights we've ever had since I, I started doing this. So uh, it, it was an honor to have y'all y'all there, man, and, and to be a part of it. And uh, let's uh, let's do it again one day, okay? Absolutely, man. We're always here. We appreciate uh, you guys over there at the Central, man. All right, man. That's Langston Moore. We'll let him roll. Appreciate you, as always, uh, joining us there uh, for, for a good chat about a number of topics. Um, again, uh, check out uh, Athletes and Artists, and, uh, of course, check out the new book. We're going to – we're going to be getting the third book. Uh, I've, I've got the first two books. I actually gave one of my good friends' um, daughters the first two books as uh, as birthday presents. So uh, definitely going to get the third as well. And we appreciate Langston for being on to uh, to join us and, and talk about a number of topics. Um, Chris, uh, before we get into Beamer and the press conference and thoughts from that, uh, there's a question here about Oscar Delp as well. We'll get into that on the other side. But do you, uh, Chris, you want to tell everybody about Dead Sox? Yep, let me uh, unmute myself. I'm very proud that I that I did not do that today, Wes. But yeah, Dead Soxy. Hopefully, our man Ty Adams is here for this. Uh, DeadSoxy.com is where you need to go to check out the latest and greatest to up your sock game. Twenty five percent off your entire order with the promo code Cocky. Exclusive code here from GC Live for all of our listeners and our watchers. We appreciate you all. So we work with Dead Soxy to make this twenty five percent off happen. Uh, go there and check off their men's, check out their men's, women's, athletics, any kind of socks that you need. Go to deadsoxy.com. That's D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y.com and use the promo code COCKY at checkout. Yeah, and let, let's go ahead and uh, pay all the bills. Uh, as you saw right there, our Primal Gourmet chat line. Anytime anybody makes a comment or joins us on the show as a special guest, it is brought to you by our good friends at Primal Gourmet. Chris, uh, you had some lunch from Primal uh, Gourmet today, did you not? Oh, dude, let me tell you. So Wes and I have been have gotten the meal packs every week. This is our second week on it, Wes, if I'm not mistaken. And got mine today. I'm on the carnivore pack, so it's double meat. You have got to get on this if you're not on it. PrimalGourmetSC.com. There you see it on the screen. Promo code GCOP20, another exclusive GC Live promo code, will get you uh, your... Uh, percentage off of your first order dude the menu this week an absolute banger jerk chicken thighs today salmon with an incredible key lime honey is awesome so uh, those are just two of the things so looking forward to diving into it the rest of this week it was awesome we appreciate the folks at primal no doubt uh the bills are paid uh we appreciate, we appreciate all, all those sponsors, sponsors. Help, they help make the show possible, so, so we appreciate that. We appreciate you, our viewers, and our listeners. Chris, Beamer Presser today, as always, as it is every Tuesday. We'll hear from coordinators on Wednesday, as always. That will be an interesting one this week. But what was your takeaway, man, from, uh, from what uh, head coach Shane Beamer had today? First of all, to address tomorrow, Clayton White will have a few more questions uh, during the Wednesday press conference, given <laughs> given some of the defensive struggles, especially early in that game. Remember last week, he was uh, he was pretty mild, you know, for for him. And Satterfields will be interesting. Clayton White probably a little more interesting this week. But you know, for Beamer, man, and I just I published a story uh, right before the show on Gamecock Central about this. I think just addressing the the lack of fast starts so the slow starts for South Carolina and just the offense in general that's kind of what stood out to me ran through it Wes Carolina's been outscored let's take out the EIU game they scored two touchdowns in the first quarter of that game and a two-point conversion so 15 to nothing in the first quarter after that their next five games FBS opponents 56 to nine they've been outscored in the first quarter alone and so we saw they were able to come back in the ECU game and ultimately win that game. The Kentucky game, they were down 7 nothing. That ended up being a six-point game, 16-10 to at the end of the day. Uh, and then the, the Tennessee game, obviously, is the greatest example, 28 to nothing after the first quarter, just kind of digs an insurmountable hole. And so he addressed that and kind of why, why are those things happening? And to some degree – I don't know that he has the answer, right? That's something that they've got to continue figuring out because, you know, he talked about it leading up to Tennessee. He felt they were prepared, felt the meetings were really good, said the Friday walkthrough was the best they'd had. They had talked about having a greater sense of urgency in warmups and to start the game, but yet the first quarter happened. So 
he called it kind of head scratching. So look, no doubt it's a theme for this season. The numbers don't lie. 56 to nine in terms of the first quarter. It's an area they've absolutely got to get better in. They've got to be able to put it together faster. And that's that's offensively and defensively, right? Um, and then I thought, you know, just a little bit more offensive talk. You know, he was asked about Marcus Satterfield and asked about the offensive production in total. And he just, I think, kind of pointed to more inconsistencies. You know, maybe you, maybe you miss a guy open. Maybe a route's a little off. You've got some runs that are close to being explosive runs. And he used that term a few times, close but also said that it's got to get better and, and not good enough on offense. Well, and I think, Chris, um, you, you kind of have to – I think when, when something like that happens, which, you know, we, we actually talked about this, I guess, yesterday quite a bit, how, um, you know, that, that's no way to live as far as just being down at all times. You can't – as much as you want to run your offense exactly the same and, um, you know, you, you want to sort of do all the things you had planned – it's hard to do if you're if you're constantly down in games that, um, you know, are at least winnable and in some cases toss up games. I, I don't I don't think it's fair anymore to call that Tennessee game a, a toss up game because coming in South Carolina a double digit underdog. But point being, man, um, is it one of these things? And I'm not saying this as like some somebody answer it. I'm I'm saying this as in to me this is the big question. Um, is this something that is just kind of how it has played out? Um, or is it, uh, it's obviously already a trend, but sometimes trends just happen um, w- with randomness. Other times trends are a result. Um, you know, is this, is this causation correlation? Like what, is it a result of something in your preparation? Is it a result of um, having, a game plan, and I, I'm not even saying it's this. I'm just throwing out ideas. Is it that the game plan wasn't quite good enough, but the adjustments were really good? Um, is it that um, the, the opponent did didn't do what you thought they were going to do? So maybe your scout was a little bit off. You know, diving into that, we we it's hard enough if you're the head coach to dive into why it's happening. We certainly can't diagnose it. It's like asking a doctor to diagnose. So actually, it's a it's like asking a non-doctor to diagnose a patient without even being in the room with them. We, we can't diagnose that. We're just seeing the results. Um, so the, the coaches are at practice. The coaches are there. Um, that You have to look at everything, I imagine. Uh, now, is it one of these things that naturally, if they just start executing better in general, does that sort of trend maybe go away? Or is is it something that's sort of ingrained where you you need to change up something in your process? I, I I don't have the answer. I don't know if anybody has the answer, but it's certainly something one way or the other. <laughs> I think everybody agrees that they need to get fixed. And you know, I, I think Chris, I, I think Beamer right now is is kind of walking, is having to walk that line in his press conferences where he he's going to stand up for his guys, and we we know that he. Um, you know he he's inherited a, a group, inherited a team that that won two games last year. So we'll say it again, right? There's a reason why there's a coaching change. Now the the other side of that is um, there will become a point where fans, and some of them are probably already at that point, but there will become a point where fans will say, um, "Well, that that little difference between executing something and not executing it is a big difference." when it comes to the results sure. over a period of time, you know, and they'll throw out the, uh, what is it? Seven offensive touchdown drives and in, in 52 drives or so. There's a stat people are throwing around. That's um, not, not a pretty stat. So uh, to me, it's kind of, and, and both sides, both things are true. Like Beamer's not making that up. Like it is, I'm sure it's absolutely true. And he sees how hard his guys work or are working it's like Langston Moore was just talking about when they went 0 and 11 in the building. They they know how hard they're working every single week to be a successful football program. Outside the building, it's only natural for people to start to go, well, we've seen six games of evidence, really five games of evidence. I, I don't really count EIU in, in either direction. 
we've seen five games of evidence, um, you know, that the offense hasn't been what anybody over there really wants it to be. So wh- where is the truth? Is the truth that, hey, this thing still has time to to click in at some point? Um, or is the truth that, you know, that, that it is what it is at this point? Yeah, and I, I think at this point it wouldn't really be fair to say, you know, okay, the next starting with the next game and for the remainder of the season, this offense is going to go from that statistic that you mentioned, whatever, seven touchdowns and that many drives or whatever it is, to all of a sudden they're a 30-point-a-game outfit. Like, that'd be unfair, right? It, odds are they're not going to figure it out to that extent. But can they make it better? You know, can they can they finish off some drives? Can they be serviceable? I mean, we saw a first quarter in Tennessee that four offensive drives, Wes. First one was a three and out. The next one lasted five plays and a punt. The next one was a great drive, but they throw a pick on the two-yard line of Tennessee. And the next one lasted one play. It was a fumbled snap. You give the ball back to Tennessee. And now you're down 28 nothing because a lot of things are going wrong defensively too. Um, you look at another game, and, you know, the Georgia game, you're only down 14 to 6 after after a quarter, right? You look at Troy, you're up 3 nothing. Kentucky, you're down 7 nothing. So, you know, really the Tennessee game is the one that kind of skewed that, right? Like, I think you look at the the other ones, ECU seven nothing, Georgia's fourteen to six. The other margins in the first quarter are not as big. Tennessee is skewed it. The problem yeah. is no offensive touchdowns at all in any of those first quarters. And th- and in three of the games you didn't even score at all. You know, you you have a total of three field goals. And so really that's not gonna cut it in order to remain competitive throughout the game. Now it's a positive that there's been enough buy-in to where the team has not quit, not against Georgia, not against Tennessee, not against East Carolina, the game they won. Uh, they fought through some things in Troy. That, that's a positive thing because you wouldn't want to see six games in a lack of effort. That'd be alarming. Um, but there's no doubt that the, the starts have got to be better. I don't know what it is. Right now, to use your medical analogy, you know, we're, we're on Mayo Clinic, you know, searching – searching what the problem is and coming up with all sorts of things that it may or may not be. Well, and we're on WebMD, then it's some just it's the worst disease, possible. the worst possible case <laughs> ever. Um, yeah. But yeah, man. So, uh, so, so I don't know. We'll, we'll all see. We'll all find out together. Um, it, it, it needs, to, I mean, we say it every week. It needs to get better. My, you know, my thing though, Chris, if, in some of those games, like ECU, for example, I guess it was seven nothing at the end of the first quarter. But if you start extending that start, like yeah, you use the first quarter as a as a good like time like constraint for for numbers. But they were down fourteen to nothing before they scored in that game. Yeah, uh, Kentucky was ten to nothing at the half. Um, so you know where where do you put like I I almost look at start as the amount of time before you like get going. Like how <laughs> right. how long how long does it take you to to get going? Um, yep. You know, and uh, l- luckily for them, defensively, most of the year, take out Tennessee and, you know, say that one's skewed. Most of the year, even when the defense has given up something early on, you give up the quick seven uh, to ECU on, you know, trick play, give them credit, whatever. But uh, the quick seven there, um, you know, obviously you go down seven or nothing very first drive against Kentucky. For the most part, the defense has kind of just rebounded when, when that has happened. Um, obviously not against Tennessee. Georgia was just so good top to bottom. But to, to me, it, like like you said, it goes back to the offense and, and just not being able to get in that rhythm. We've seen them. We've seen flashes of them getting in a rhythm. Um, it's just got to be earlier in the game, I, I think, to me, is is the greater point in uh, – in all this, uh, Taylor asks, has anyone heard any word on Zeb? Is he done for the season? No, Zeb, Zeb's available. I mean, I, I think um, I think Zeb's pretty much fully healthy. I, I think he's good to go. Um, just uh, not playing him right now. Uh, let's see. What what else? Uh, yeah, injury report from today. South Carolina, about as healthy as they can be, other than the guys that you all already know are out. You know, Shry Green, obviously, still out. Rick Sandage has been out all season at this point. But other than those guys, they're banged up a little bit. They're bruised up. You would expect that physical game. But um, for the most part, healthy Cam Smith will be back. Jalen Nichols will be back available. Doesn't really sound like he's going to start. 
Rashawn Lee probably gets to start at left guard, it sounds like. Um, hey, I, I thought uh, I thought Vinnie Murphy and uh, and Tyshawn Wanamaker did, did okay um, going back and watching the game a little bit. Yeah, there, there was one play I was thinking of, you know, Tyshawn kind of playing right tackle and Vinnie Murphy at right guard. You know, Wanamaker got his got his feet a little off and then stumbled kind of on a on a pass pro play. But I also saw him. I mean, he climbed to the second level and and knocked someone right over, you know, on a play as well. So that was interesting. And will we see more of that? You know, we've continued to see a little bit of kind of a rotation of uh, Jazz and uh, Ja'Kai Moore at left tackle, Sean Lee. You know, now Jalen Nichols is back. What will they do there? Will there will there be more changes on that right side? I think you know odds are Javon Gwynn is going to play a lot. You know Dylan Wanham's played a ton of football. Um, will some other guys get opportunities? And and will it happen at other positions? You know maybe so. So that that'll be kind of a a fascinating subplot as they go into the Vanderbilt game for sure. No doubt. Um, let's see. I I think that's about it. Uh, T wants us to talk a little bit about recruiting, and I did tease that, so I guess I should. Oscar Delp announcement tomorrow evening. Um, looks like a local Fox station in um, in Georgia is going to be covering that. Uh, did, did you, Chris? Did you see if that is that in their studio or is it still at his high school? Do we know that? I'm not a hundred percent sure on that, Wes. I, I do not know the way that. the way they were promoting it. Um, it sounded like it might be in in that studio, but, uh, but, but anyway, Oscar Delp tomorrow. Um, I guess Jaden Gibson tomorrow as well. I don't, I don't think that one's guys honestly worth tracking anymore from a South Carolina standpoint, but Oscar Delp, we will sort of try to track this thing leading up to the announcement. See if there's any chance of a surprise. Our, our thought process uh, has been, this is probably going to be Georgia. You know, we talked about it probably maybe last week or the week before. It was already close, but I think Georgia already probably, Chris, had a little bit of an edge. And then you look at the fact once he extended it out and then the season Georgia's having, uh, the season South Carolina's having, the opportunity to go there and, and be used. You know, we, we wondered would Georgia be able to use their tight ends and show him tight end use this year. They've They've been really good at using their tight ends this year, so – um, my, my, my guess, I think Chris's guess right now, I think the Gamecock central guess right now is that it will be the Bulldogs. Yeah. And, and not only that, Wes, like the on field stuff, look, I think South Carolina has done a great job and nobody's going to want to hear that. Just like they're not going to want to hear, you know, the offense was close to breaking that run. Like you don't want to hear that, but I think it's illustrative of, you know, Eric Henry and Shane Beamer did a really good job recruiting Oscar they've they've done a great job no doubt you look at it it's kind of like for for a guy like Oscar Delp an in-state kid who's a four-star and as good as Georgia is right now as well as they're recruiting like it should almost be a no-brainer for him to go there in a lot of ways you know but yeah it hasn't been you know they've made it very close Um, I think even taking the football factors out Delp has kind of I don't know if shift's the right word, but lately he's been talking a lot about just where he's most comfortable. And I think you look at the Georgia ties that he has, the in-state stuff, all of that that we've been talking about adds up more, you know, to Georgia. But South Carolina's made a heck of a run, and uh, we, we will continue tracking that one up up till the minute just to make sure. Yeah, we'll find out, but uh seems like Georgia. All right, y'all, appreciate it. Uh, great uh, guest from Langston Moore. Appreciate him. Appreciate him taking the time. Busy man, of course, will be joined by Preston Thorne later this week. And, uh, Chris, we're going to have Chris Lee from Vandy Sports. Is that right? Chris Lee from VandySports.com will be on with us early in the show on Thursday, probably about 2.05, taking some time out for us before he travels. Chris is always a fantastic guest. He is is, more plugged in than anyone on the Vandy Sports scene and pulls no punches as well. So uh, excited about having him on Thursday. He is the most um, doesn't hold back media person that we have on the show. I feel like I would, you know, I was going to say that I think it would be like a, an octagon or a cage match between him and our guy, Neil McCready from, from Rebel Grove. That's true. Like we might need to get those two at the same time. Neil gives, uh, he gives no Fs. So 
appreciate him, and uh, we appreciate Chris Lee uh, coming on later this week. We'll see you all soon. We appreciate the support, and uh, we'll talk to you all tomorrow. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.